all and welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. I am Austin. I'm a knockout. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob and I haven't watched a whole lot of wrestling. And even though uh, you would think that would get me uh, running off with all the weird shit we watch uh, um, uh, on this show, once again, I have returned. Indeed. Uh, so after our wild and crazy times uh, with Elizabeth, we are back to a more regular episode. We return to our Summer of Punk storyline. I know. The Void feels so much more lonely now. <clears throat> yeah, it kind of does. But yeah, <laughs> is, so it, this is just a set of uh, the July 25th, 2011 episode of Raw, two, a, a mere eight days after Money in the Bank. Oh, shit. And, it's my brother's birthday. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So what happened the night after uh, Money in the Bank? And, you know, it's funny that like it's funny because I remember we talk about a lot about the about like how sometimes in WWE the wrestling doesn't really like isn't important at all, like to the mm-hmm. story yeah. on la- on last time's episode of Raw. The whole story is is a sen- Most of the story is, <sighs> is, is the wrestling because and it was glorious. No. And yeah. So besides being bookended by uh, a McMahon story segment, which I'll explain that after I explain the, ter- the others, the wrestling stuff, the whole episode is essentially a one night tournament to crown the new WWE champion. Cause well, punk's gone. We, we need a champion. So let's have a tournament to crown a champ. Makes sense to me. Yeah. And so the the tournament bracket is basically all the wrestlers from the Money in the Bank match except Evan Bourne, LOL. And <laughs> instead of Evan Bourne, Dolph Ziggler is in there. In that oh. Sport. Oh, that's that's not an upgrade. <laughs> no, but it does well, it says a lot about Evan Bourne, doesn't it? That, like, it really he's the does. only one here who doesn't get to be in the tournament for the WWE honestly, championship. Honestly, the fact that uh he, Alex Riley made the cut over him to also says a lot about Evan Bourne. <laughs> yeah, I, admittedly that might have just been so they could have an excuse to have him fight the Miz for the fiftieth time. <laughs> <laughs> because that is what they do. So I, I, I wrote down the results so that I could remember them. Okay. And it is uh, Miz beat Alex Riley in the first round, and it's it's kind of funny because the Miz is undeniably a heel, but like his story throughout the show is that he has an injured leg. He still has an injured leg from the money in the bank match the lat the night before, which is such a like sympathetic good guy story lot story beat that it feels weird that the Miz is the one who's getting, the, who's they're doing this with. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess I could see them playing it for heel heat or maybe it was just kind of like they wanted to keep some continuity, but yeah, I, I think it was a, a keep the continuity thing because of the because that was the whole story with him and the Money in the Bank match is that he was injured. So they're kind of keeping to that, but it's such a, it's so funny because like, and it's also funny that like attacking somebody who has a noted injury is not is kind of treated as a heel move, even though like if you apply that to real fighting, that's like a neutral move in a morality for morality. But in wrestling, like attacking someone's injured leg or whatever was kind of considered a bit of a dick move, an un, an unsportsmanlike move, if you will. <laughs> and that's what Alex Riley in particular does. He goes hard at that. But the Miz is able to uh, kind of craftily uh, pick his spots and get the win. Are they are are either of them like squaring up for a turn by doing this, no. or is it just like an no. anomaly of the writing? 
Just, a, just, a, this, this is just kind of like a novelty of this one segment. They're not. <laughs> I know the future. The Miz is not turning heel face anytime soon. Yeah, I was gonna say Miz stays properly healed pretty much throughout his entire career, right? Yeah, he only has he has a couple year period in from like 2012 to I want to say like 2014, 2015, something like that, where he's a baby face. But other than that, he has been a heel his entire career. Hmm. So. Neat. Yeah. And then uh, the next match, R-Truth beat Jack Swagger. You know, that was a <laughs> okay match. It was a what it was it was a whole lot of whatever from I think both sides. Um oh. uh Kofi Kingston beat Alberto Del Rio. I thought this was a bit of a shock because yes. Del, Del Rio is Mr. Money in the Bank, and he, he even cuts a promo about how he's to remind everyone he won the money in the bank and Kofi pulls an upset on him. Well, yeah, but I also feel like after the end of uh, the last episode we watched, where he just like where 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 Vince calls him out to try to, to try to you know get rid of Punk, and Punk just immediately clowns on him. I feel like I feel like they're just setting out Del Rio up to be this pompous like dope whose bark is far worse than his bite. Yeah, I think that fits. A, I think that fits him a lot. I, yeah, I mention it, but yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the last first round match is Rey Mysterio beat Dolph Ziggler. Oh, thank God! Okay, <laughs> my two faves who got like completely, completely shunted in in Money in the Bank got their revenge. Thank God. Yeah. So second round matches, uh, the Miz beat Kofi Kingston. It was a Kofi Kingston does d- oh. doesn't Kofi Kingston doesn't play up the injured angle the same way that Riley did, but mm. you know Miz Miz was still playing it injured and he did get the win. And then Rey Mysterio beat r Truth, and so. Yes. So the match for the WWE Championship, The Miz versus Rey Mysterio. Oh hell yeah! It doesn't happen yet, which is a good oh. enough segue for me to explain the 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 McMahon segments that bookend the show. So okay. Vince Vince McMahon starts the show and sets up this little one night tournament thing that is the rest of the plot for the episode. And you know he's he's talking about how he talks about how they need a new champion and he's you're never gonna hear that nace see like the ch- crowd was chanting CM Punk the whole time and he goes you're you're never gonna hear that name on TV again God. and in fact the commentators are even instructed not to say CM Punk by name they have to say the former WWE champion oh like they're going all in on this idea that he he's fired he's gone he's not coming back no we don't talk about him. He's being I, scrubbed from the history books. You know what? I appreciate that. I, I mean, I, again, it's not a surprise to me that the summer of Punk's writing is actually like competent and mm-hmm. and has nice little touches like that. But it's always appreciated. Oh yeah, it was, it was great. And so he also points out that conspicuous by their his absence from this one night tournament is John Cena. He's like, I I can you yeah I know that Cena is not here. Well, guess what? There he he mentions there will be grave, so excuse me, severe consequences for for his actions. Isn't Cena just supposed to be like straight up fired for this? Wasn't that the deal? Yeah, that that and that's what they that's what the implied consequences are. The whole show is like oh. they 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 like bring in that like earlier in the in the day, John Cena tweeted out. This is this this is this is during that early period of Twitter, and WWE would love to like reference tweets on the show <laughs> that like they would they would plan this kind of integration out. But so like they talk about that Cena tweets out, you know, that he is that he's assuming that he's fired, and he's like apologizing to the 
the fans and to The Rock because he's not going to be able to have his match with The Rock at WrestleMania. And so, like, they they sell this the entire show of, like, what, of, like, John Cena, is he fired? He, he seems like he's fired. Mm-hmm. And so, at the end of the show, um, Vince McMahon comes back out and he announces that, um, that, you know, the Miz is too injured to wrestle a third time tonight. So Rey Mysterio versus the Miz will happen next week. And that, that opens this show. It, we're going to watch is Rey oh, Mysterio versus good. the Miz for the yes. WWE title. And oh. so with that business taken care of, Vince McMahon now proceeds to what he intended to do is he, he's going to bring John Cena out here. Okay. And yeah, he tries to fire him. He almost says it. You know, they go along, they do a bit of a long take. Um, John Cena kind of gets a a kind of an impassioned speech where he's like, like, I know that you probably want me to run you down or run the company down or get mad or cuss you out or whatever, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to go out with dignity. And he also makes a promise that if you fire me, he's like, wrestling is my life. And if you fire me, I'm going to go wrestle somewhere else. And he explicitly calls out TNA and he goes um, by saying, I'm going to go wrestle somewhere else, brother, because because Hulk Hogan is a prominent figure in TNA at this point. Oh, that's a a whole thing that I don't want to get into beyond just saying that's that's a a thing. Yeah. So like the, 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 he was making hints that like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to TNA if you don't let me wrestle, if you fire me right now. But you know, uh, Vince McMahon, he's just straightforward and he's about to do it. And then suddenly, uh, you know, I hate, I've kind of come to hate this phrase because, you know, CinemaSins overuses it, but this, this kind of fits is we have a triple H X machina folks because okay. triple, triple H's music comes out. And, and to understand is that right now he is the kayfabe, uh, chief financial officer of WWE. Yep. Yep. And so he comes out out of nowhere. Again, this, this I use ex machina intentionally here because he there is besides like theoretically he exists, but he has not been present in this storyline even a little bit up mm-hmm. to now. And so he just shows up with no prompting and he and he gives this long speech about how, you know, you know, he wants to talk to Vince and he's like, there was a board of directors meeting and. They're not so sure about everything that's going on right now, and uh, they want you to step down. And oh. So, and so this was the kayfabe firing of Vince McMahon from the head of the company. What With, the with fuck? Triple H put in his place. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and also especially funny after CM Punk's comments about your dumbass son-in-law or whatever. Yeah, like he makes the comments that like, you know, he was referencing the idea of like, oh, because that's that's a fa- a popular fan sentiment is, oh, just wait until Vince McMahon's out of there. And and CM Punk is like, nah, you know, some people say that, but nah, he's, he's this company's going to just be run by his doofus son-in-law. Yeah, Meet the doofus a. son-in-law. <laughs> whoops yeah so this this is kind of interesting i think i've heard before but that might just be a rumor that like this was an attempt by vince mcmahon to write himself off the show for good you know that that's that's a thing that's happened semi-frequently like it happens every once in a while of like vince mcmahon tries to like write an end to his character 
Wow, but, okay. And it, it never takes. <laughs> the closest they ever got was the time he blew himself up in a limo. And they had a, like, I, I hate to, I hate, but like, this was a whole thing in 2008. Like, he blows himself up in a limo, and they were going to do this whole murder mystery thing with it. But then uh, the Chris Benoit tragedy happens, and then they're like, oh, well, uh, okay, we're just going to, we're just going to retcon this. We're not going to do a murder mystery plot when an actual wrestler of ours just died. <laughs> Every time they try to do, they, they try to like really go outside the box with kind of ghost shit like that. It seriously just always blows up in their faces <laughs> no, in the worst possible way. Yeah, no, the, the timing couldn't have been worse. Um, so, but like, it's something that Vince tries a couple of times. Has tried a couple <laughs> times before, and this I be, and this I've heard was another one of those. Is like this was supposed to be like legit. Vince McMahon isn't in charge of WWE anymore in kayfabe. Yeah, he's tired. He's yeah. he's tired of just these random like spots, and that's why he doesn't show up on the show anymore. Yeah, and this and to be fair, this kind of was like the last time Vince McMahon, you, like Vince McMahon, was kind of a for this storyline as you've seen has kind of been like a rel a regular kind of figure on the show, and this was the last time that would happen. But <laughs> he does keep showing up as like the explicit chief executive officer of the company, and I think that a lot of that comes down to. He's still a ratings get for the fans. Like the fans still like it always pops a rating when he shows up. Yeah. So, you know, he, 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 they keep bringing him back so that they try to like raise boost ratings a little bit. So they mm -hmm. can never really, they can never retire Vince McMahon. <laughs> Seriously. You know, I mean, the fans like their their legacy, continuity, tradition, whatever. It's, yeah. It it about scans, and I mean, McMahon for as terrible as he is, like IRL is a fun enough character that, like, yeah, it's it's fun to have him there and <laughs> kind of have his his weird, uh, company running political shenanigans, um, be story focused sometimes. Yeah, I agree. So, but yeah, on the, he gets he gets fired, and that's where the show ends. Is him like tearfully cry in the ring crying because he's because he's now like he's he's been he's been his his he has lost his job this this board of the board of directors has kicked him out <laughs> shit okay poor vince <laughs> so i mean kind of deserves it but jesus yeah so this episode is the first of the triple h era so to speak oh that's gonna be interesting mm-hmm Oh no! And then, and literally, okay, and literally, nothing else happens on this episode except for they do a a big multi divas tag team match. Um, as I as I mentioned to, uh, to David when I was watching this, is there was, it was a seven on seven match, and like one team was like all of the women who were kind of decent in the divas era, and Kelly Kelly was there. <laughs> Which is so devastating to say because wasn't Kelly Kelly like their big divas ticket for a while? Yes, Kelly Kelly was yeah. the champion. Oh no! <laughs> and so you know, it doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere as far as I can tell. But you know, it's there to just it's there to break up the monotony of watching the same eight guys just go out there and wrestle one on one matches the entire show. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure it was it was about on par with typical divas quality of the era, but at least it, it was up a little bit. It went like a minute and there were, it is. Oh, how does a seven on seven go for a minute? 
because it immediately devolves into everybody but the two legal participants brawling on the outside of the ring. Just the, it's, it's, the Divas era is beyond parody. It just, it's, it's rough. Yeah, but, okay. And yeah, and I was also going to get out is like, um, you know, it's it, that this episode is that it kind of this the, like the big problem with doing one night tournaments is that the crowds don't appreciate the monotony of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of interesting drama in tournaments, and I like them. But like, like if you're there live, like two for two hours, you got to see like eight total wrestlers just con- wrestling each other. <sighs> I mean, that doesn't sound too bad. Like, with some of the matchups we got, that sounds Mm -hmm. cool. I don't think I would mind that. Yeah, I I guess I'd have to experience it. But, like, you see this, like, every single time. Every time there's, like, this noticeable, like, the crowd energy lowers every time they see a guy again. Like, like the maximum energy for that first time, and then it's a little lower for the second time, and then it's a little lower for the third time. And so I, without being there, I can't judge, I can't like say how I would react, but that, but this is kind of an observable effect. Sure. I, I guess so. Crowd psychology is an interesting like whole thing. So I get it, but like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, eh, eh, yeah, you got to experience it live, I suppose. Yeah. And, uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, that covers the whole episode, that whole episode of everything we need to know going in for this one is, this what we're going to start this episode with a new WWE champion. All right, new new boss and new champion. Let's go. All right. And so see we you guys in the back. We have just finished the July 25th, 2011 episode of Monday Night Raw. Whew, damn. You know, you know, I had a thing I was going to say like when we like that I was just thinking like pretty much throughout the whole episode. Um that kind of got invalidated by the last two seconds of the episode, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, was going into this episode, I was a little trepidatious because, um, uh, you know, it felt like we hit the the pinnacle of Summer of Punk with the last time we were here. Um, with that giant like, you know, walkout and everything, it felt like that was like the peak. Nothing would surpass that. And now we have Summer of Punk without Punk. And I wasn't entirely sure how well they would be able to pull it off. And honestly, this ranks as just one of the consistently like best episodes we've watched. It didn't have any like like insane highlights, like some of the like 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 some of the like it, I wouldn't rank any of its matches as like among like the super best matches we watch or anything, but like just mm-hmm. the consistent quality of this episode was was uh, a, a exceptional. Yeah, I, I was also kind of prepared to like talk about how, how we're hitting on the downward slope of Summer of Punk um, as a bit of a spoiler for future reference. Our next time we're here is going to be the last time we do this era. And um, so I was kind of ready for the downslope from Money in the Bank. And I still think that's there in the sense that Money in the, the, Money in the Bank thing was is, was is like an all-time great. Yeah, and and match, but this was was still pretty uh, quality episode. Yeah, I don't think a few things I think in like wrestling media history, mm-hmm. I think will ever ever match up to like that climax of Summer of Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is simply unparalleled. Um, and and I've and I know like my general thoughts on this you know broad like early 2010s era of wrestling of. It's got some pretty good stuff. 
sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's a little bloated, but like overall it's all right. But like everything, even in this episode felt really, really well crafted. And I felt Mm -hmm. bought into pretty much everything that went on here. There were only like two matches that I like didn't care about. And even then, like they were still decent athletic shows. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say that the Divas match is the only one that I was, like, really not into in any way. I honestly, I'll even give it to the Divas match in that that is one of the better Divas match we- matches we've watched. That that, that's also it true. Good, but it is one of the better ones, and honestly, after some of the ones we've watched, it was like, it was night and, it felt like night and day, a breath of fresh air of like, oh my god, this is actually somewhat tolerable. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Is that this is absolutely one of the better ones we've sat we sat through. I think that this this uh we, through the summer of punk angle, I think we've gotten a good examination of what Divas era wrestling looked like. Oh yeah, as a general sense, and uh, yeah, this was definitely a, a above average in that regard. It, it yeah, it was, and like so, I don't I, like like even stuff like that, or the other one that like I didn't really care about, which was. Um, uh, Evan Bourne versus uh, versus Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. Yes, that, was a, that was a very that was very a uh, fillery match. There's it no, was. There was no real build up to it or any point. Overall. Yeah, that one I didn't care a whole lot about. But like, you know, I'll give them both this that like they still give decent athletic shows, even if I'm not like super caring about it. Like I can respect kind of like what they do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's always fun to have Vicky there. Um, and at the very least, like, this feels such a backhanded compliment, but I, I appreciate this, too. Like, they cordoned it off to its own little section of, like, not mattering. Like, it just has, was kind of there, and they never really, like, make a whole thing out of it. And they don't, it doesn't feel like they waste too much time on the match. It felt like, you know... No, nah, it was short. It was, it, was only, it was only a few minutes. It was pretty quick. Yeah, I don't felt like my time was super wasted on that match. They had to throw it in because filler. Sure, why not? Like I don't. Super I've, I've seen worse filler. So. Absolutely, we've seen worse filler on this show. I've mm-hmm. I've been I have been far more actively bored by by matches than what I saw with Dolph Ziggler versus versus Evan Bourne. Like fine and like i'll even give it to them like they were both players in the money in the bank thing so bringing them back to keep fighting brawling with each other a little bit sure yeah it, and and the money in the bank thing is kind of like the raw's upper mid card <laughs> so yeah. so they're so they're, they're still kind relatively important yeah exactly um so so like there, it was enough there that i could still like i i it, it didn't felt it didn't feel like a waste of time and it was diverting enough so mm-hmm. I'll give that episode this. Even like its lowest points, like they weren't painful. They were just kind of there, and I was like, okay, whatever. And mm-hmm. then they were done, and we didn't waste too much more time on it. Yeah, I, I would probably wager that among the, we've watched this is our third and and final episode of Raw from 2011 that we're gonna do, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is the most consistent episode we've had because I think a big problem with the last two, uh, with the pipe bomb, and then with the contract negotiation stuff i think that though i think that those kind of like are are like the we're almost shining beacons in episodes that otherwise weren't that good yeah it's funny like um the the whole like how good the punk stuff was almost bit them in the ass in a way because it made everything around with, with with some exceptions there were some other things in those episodes 
that I like. Oh, yeah, I mean, I will never. I, I will. I will always like uh, hold up the the Mark Henry versus Big Show fight as a really good like, mm-hmm. um, really good place to take things um, on the side. But like those were such standout things. They were so earth shattering that everything else for the most part around it felt really dull by comparison and kind of bit him in the ass. You were just kind of waiting for the, for the really fun part to come back. Yeah. Um, and again, on a, on a broad level, there were individual things to enjoy, but here without that being as much of a thing, honestly, this is another one of those episodes where I really felt like the overall like story feel to it. Like the narrative felt really balanced, um, really competently constructed. And, never um it, it never ne- never uh, dipped into territory that was either like too much or too boring or too anything it was just mm-hmm. good all around because everything was kind of on even footing with each other yeah i think that if you look at what what kind of is always like the wwe like points of in, of interest in when they when they structure their shows the beginning the middle the halfway the hour mark and the mm-hmm. end i think that there's a, there's a really solid like may a plot through line of that whole thing yeah um, the, the the cool the cool thing about it was was they found a way to just weave in all these little things like I mean, I mean, money in the bank helped a lot with this, right? Because yeah. the, I mean, the big, big thing we have is the fallout from Punk leaving. McMahon's gone. Triple H has stepped in. John Cena is about is is like technically fired, um, and we don't get a whole lot of um, we we don't get a whole lot of um, um, uh, um, we don't get a, we don't get a whole lot of. Um, uh, you know, whole lot, whole lot of like bloating around that. It just kind of like is there, mm-hmm. um, and and um, it, it just kind of it's kind of all lays out across the board. And we see we see we we see how it's all built up. And we have money in the bank. Like all the competitors, of money in the bank are here. Um, and you're invested enough in them because each of them were kind of vying for their own spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a power vacuum right now. Yeah. And this episode does a really good job at like making you feel that. Yeah, and and we kind of can start with then is the the very first match of mm-hmm. um, they they get started off immediately with Rey Mysterio versus The Miz for the WWE Championship, which was a phenomenal match. Oh yeah, great great match. It played it played very well. Like The Miz is no longer with the does no doesn't have the injury angle anymore now that he's mm-hmm. had a week to heal, yep. and so he's he's all in on being his his normal like shithead take any uh shortcut he can heal work with against uh the smaller more agile you know underdog babyface ray mysterio yeah and um the it's it's really cool because like the miz in some ways feels like the the ordained son to take that title just kind of because of how he is as a character like yeah he's super He's kind of he's and he's right now like this is the peak Miz in terms of him being vi- viewed as a like viable top champion top champion right now is he's like he main evented WrestleMania in 2011. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he 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 and he certainly comes across in this like really threatening way in this uh, in this match. Um, he's got this drive. Um, 
And what's more, what what kind of added to it, like this was one of the this was another time where like I actually really did notice the commentary because we had we had Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole just sniping back and forth at each other for their respective like their respective uh fighters. Like mm-hmm. it was it it kept everything really cool. like yeah, because yeah, because like Michael Cole, even as a heel, obviously he kind of he kind of plays favorites to all the heels, but his absolute number one wrestler in his heel phase was always the Miz. Yeah, like he always, uh, you know, stand the Miz harder than he ever than he ever uh, rooted for or justified for any other heel wrestler. So he's all in on this, and that just kind of brings Lawler up to that level of going the opposite. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool too, because like, as I've made very clear on the show, I do not like Jerry Lawler, uh, when he's, when he's in his heel face, he's just so like grown inducingly awful. And like in his baby face commentator face, he just kind of still gives off douchey vibes and is telling dumb dad jokes and what have you, and still gets kind of weird about things sometimes. But seeing him go in for a wrestler, I really like like Rey Mysterio. I was like. Okay, you know, I will accept this ally in my time of need. Yeah. Um, um, because and I, it, it's fun for me because I don't know like the you know the 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 full everything context of the time of like where Mysterio mm-hmm. stood as a character. But for me, for some reason, I've just always really latched on to Mysterio. He's insanely talented, uh, and he comes across insanely like genuine and likable. So I've just I'm just like really uh, really in the tank for him. Um. So I'm really invested in seeing a good outcome in this. And the more this match drags on, the more I'm just like, I don't know which way this could go. And everything mm-hmm. just felt like for, 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 you know, for, for as much as Mysterio, I'm sure wasn't like a gigantic name like Cena was or anything like they seeing him rise to the top felt really, really rewarding mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons. Yeah. Rey Mysterio has always kind of been like, I guess I'd say he's always he's always been like one of the more popular good guy wrestlers. Yes, because, Mm -hmm. you know, he has this energy about him that's very likable. And obviously you got the mask, the whole mask thing. But he's also never been a wrestler that they put a ton of stock into in terms of like being a top champion. Like he's always been really likable. Everybody likes him, Mm -hmm. but he's very rarely in his career. The fact that he's so small has always been something that has held him back from greater success in terms of that kind of accolades in WWE. So it absolutely does. It does kind of, I think it does work as kind of like a, like you really want Ray to beat the Miz, but you also could definitely believe that the Miz would win this match. Yeah. I mean, the yep. Miz is also the is is the in this going into this match, the Miz had been WWE champion before, and Ray hadn't. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, it, God, Ray almost feels like like a like a modern Bret Hart sort of thing of like they have this really well liked guy, um, but for some reason he's just they don't they refuse to like really give him top billing. Um, and I, I definitely think that's dumb. Like we could, we could, we could talk more about his, like his most, uh, his most prominent time as world champion was in 2005. He won the, the, not the WWE title, the other one. Oh boy. Um, he won that and he was champion for a few months and it kind of did this. Uh, it, it, it basically was a flop. And a large part of that was, is they constantly had Ray losing because they constantly played into the idea that he's so small 
so he can't beat the big guys. <laughs> I guess for like oh five, that makes sense for like their dumb outlook on that. Like it was so like it. That's been the one thing is that they've is that they've he's never gotten to be top. That's been his big contributor to why he would didn't get his top built the top billing that you would necessarily think he should because he is literally one of the more popular and marketable guys they have and easily one of their most athletically gifted and, yes. fighters if not their most no and he is and 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 he he can he can do he can do he can kind of do pretty much anything you want him they want they would have wanted him to do it was literally just a size problem yeah, I know. And this is this is where I get really mad about Vince's whole like I need like fitness models as my as my fighters sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, but like uh, regardless, because of all that, like it kind of contributes to this weird like dissonance. Where in the back of your mind, because of like how WWE kind of shafts him, you're you're kind of thinking like, is the it, like like it, it feels kind of random to let him win, even though like by all accounts he should. But then the fact that he does win feels really, really cool. And I was genuinely mm-hmm. insanely happy to see that happen. Um, yes, he finally became a WWE champion. And it was so rewarding. And just everything about that felt so good. It's like um, amazing start to the episode of just mm-hmm. all the tension and the brilliant payoff to it. That just it it felt like him getting his due and that just personally felt really really good yeah and they 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 tricked you into thinking he was gonna lose it right then and there because yeah. the miz decides to be a sore loser and then del rio comes a running yup but he is thwarted again <laughs> i know the 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 things they keep throwing at you in this episode you'd think it'd be like too much but it kind of all worked it, for me yeah it doesn't feel like it's too much yeah no um it's very uh it, it, it um they they space it out enough and they're mm. um they they don't like that i think a big thing for this episode it doesn't feel like they overplayed anything um they gave everything just the right amount because like the miz comes and attacks him and you're like well shit but that's like whatever then del rio comes running and you're like well shit um but then but then mysterio quickly yeets del rio back and so that's fine um and it's great to see del rio continue to be a total like total fop it's Fun. And then they, and then you they give him the backstage thing, he, the acknowledgement from Cena, but then he also gets to cut the interview. And oh, I'm just thinking this now. He did the like the two weeks from retirement, got family at home shtick, where well, where like he talks about how he's put in all the work, and that you know daddy's coming home, and this time he's coming home with the gold. Yep. Oh dear, why would you say that? <laughs> That, I mean, I mean, I did notice that was like a direct parallel to like the Mark Henry thing, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I get why, but like it, at the moment, it just felt so good, and I was yeah. Like, in the moment, it obviously feels very genuine, but look back, it is one of the yeah. I, I do. I, I am gonna call it the you know I got two weeks to retirement yeah. <laughs> line. Yeah, <laughs> of this like is, you're you've tempted fate now. This is this is true, <laughs> but like it, it, it like. I got suckered in and I thought, God damn, once again, I thought like, man, WWE is going to go for something that's just like flatly wholesome here. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, it, it, it felt and really good. And then Triple H ruined it. Yeah. Triple H ruined it. Like, yeah. Uh, do you want to go in order? I mean, I mean like, is that, is that, is that up next? Line. Like, no, that, that was, no, a, that was the top of the hour. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, we can, yeah, we can, I mean, yeah, we can, we can, we can through line it if you want. I was like, 
um it's 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 however however we want to go but yeah no so long long story short mysterio gets this great backstage moment and and like austin said there's this really cool like um there's this really cool thing where um you know he's passing by all these wrestlers and they're like spraying beer on him and he's like happy and you know he gives gives one of the lady wrestlers a classy you know like cheek kiss and all that you know that sort of thing um and then he he walks down the line and there's John Cena walking up to him and John Cena just kind of like wordlessly like reaches out his hand and shakes it Mysterio's like he he looks like honored he's like damn I've been entrusted with this mm-hmm. um and it's it's awesome uh and they do a great thing um and then you know a couple matches happen and then we get we get Triple H out to give the state of the WWE address as yes. the new the new boss this was the start of hour two of the show yeah Halfway- and I gotta say, like overall, um, he Triple H's boss. I was kind of into it. I was surprised that I was into it. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree because you know, again, I I hate to like bring future knowledge to ruin my current experience of things on these shows. Yeah, but like. Eventually, years down the line, Triple H is going to assume a role of like a heel, ba- b- evil boss, and that is just going to run in the ground so hard that it's hard for me to like want to see him in this boss role. But in this, as this kind of like affably neutral boss, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that I, I mean, I that's kind of what I got out of it too. Was um, the the reason I enjoyed it so much was again. God, the writing in this in this era to me just feels so smart and well constructed across the board. Um, they do this great subtle thing um, between his acting and the writing they gave him. He, they do this great job at kind of juxtaposing him to Vince. Mm-hmm. Of off the bat, he's like level headed and he's in control, and he doesn't feel like he's playing favorites. Like he plays a little bit of favorites, but. It, they give him this great vibe of everything he's doing is in the is he's here to do what's in the best interest for the company and he's just going to do it in you know the 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 way that works best for him there's no personal vendetta there's no like mm-hmm. even even when he even when he says something it sounds personal because because he, he does a few things first he brings out um he he you know he he thanks Vince for his years of service and you know yada 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 um and that's all that's all cute and you know um yeah and then does he do something before he brings out Jr.? I don't. Be- I think he just kind. No, he announces the the main event. He, yeah, he announces he announces the main event, which is which is a whole thing, and we'll we, we'll talk about it when we talk about it. But he it's it's Rey Mysterio. It's he talks about how Cena is owed a rematch for the WWE Championship as his mm-hmm. general uh, WWE trope that the champion always gets a rematch when he loses the title. Yeah. Um. But you know Vince McMahon had no interest in letting Cena have that opportunity. Um, while he was in charge and Triple H is looking to right that wrong. And so in the main event will be Rey Mysterio versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. Yeah, and like that sound that came across as like personal, but but like then like I don't know, at least for me, like I stopped and think about it for a second, and I'm like, well, not really. This is good business sense from him. Mm-hmm. Um like, like 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 he's he's like you said, he's writing the wrong, first of all. But he knows that's gonna get ratings. 
Um, yeah, it's it's just it is smart to steal from a catchphrase he'll use plenty. It it was what was best for business. Yeah. Um, and then and then he brings out Jim Ross. Um, yes, bringing back. Uh, yes, uh, bringing back Jim Ross as a commentator. I don't remember how. I don't remember if this is supposed to be like a semi permanent thing or as a guest thing. But uh, you know, uh, we have experience with Jim Ross both uh, in our one time in AEW as well as our time in the Attitude Era. So. Yep. Uh, and you know he's fine. Um, but the the, the, the real fun is with Cole. <laughs> yeah, the real fun is Michael Cole is pissed about this and i don't fully understand why but he is he's real mad and he i guess he i don't get i don't really get why either i I, maybe he just feels like he's being replaced or whatever i think it's that he's being upstaged i think like at this point they're playing cole is like such an at least for this episode playing cole's like such an obnoxious heel that like any more like faceness on the on the um on the panel is just like noxious to him it's, it's too much yeah um, so he's just mad about it. Um, and he gives up, he gets up and gives this whole angry rant to triple H about like how much he's done for the company. And this is what I get having to sit at the same table with this man. I despise. And he's like, he insults J- Jim Ross, who just kind of stands there like, okay, buddy. He's uh, like, whatever, man. I don't care. Yeah, throws a whole bunch of like nonsensical ad homs at him and is like, you know, going to town on triple H and both of them are just kind of standing there watching this unhinged dude, like lose his shit. And, Again, another great subtle point of the of the writing is like, you know, if this were a McMahon, McMahon would probably take the bait a little bit. Um, but he would, uh, he would. Um, but it's this great juxtaposition of like after we have this whole mess that was born out of the chaos of all these like uneven tempers in our company. We have, you know, what we have one dude going off, and Triple H just stands there and is like, okay, okay, here's what we can do. You get the you get the rest of the night off from commentary, and I'll give you till Friday, and you can decide whether or not you want a job. Um, and 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 um, that immediately gets Cole to back down. He's like, okay, 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 like like, like just a little and bit even, of soft power. Even, try, even yeah, he even tries to like to be like, no, 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 it's fine. I, I'll do my job. I'll stay here at the yeah, like, like the soft power Triple H exudes there. It's it feels like a cool like juxtaposition, McMahon, and then Triple H pulls out. Oh no 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 no. You're not on commentary for the rest of the night, and I'm putting you in a match. Mm-hmm. Um, again, in what in in what feels like a personal move, but like the way they've had Triple H played, like up till now, mm-hmm. uh, on it. Like again, you think about it, and you're like, oh, this is him just like throwing in a bit of extra entertainment so he can turn to the crowd and go, "Are you not entertained?" Like, yeah, again good business sense for running an entertainment business and also knocking knocking down an ego yeah it knocking could down be problematic if, yeah. if left unchecked i was surprisingly into triple h which god for for as much as like i find degeneration x obnoxious a lot of the time like like now i'm like super into him being here yeah cool okay i like this angle yeah and so yeah he does he sends cole off and i we'll go and talk about this match because it's short anyway it's two seconds long yeah no but they they do the whole he he, first off he comes out to triple h's music and he comes and he comes out to triple h's entrance gear because because cole's first attempt to avoid a match is to be like i'm not prepared to wrestle i don't have my gear i i I sent it to the wwe hall of fame i'm retired i can't wrestle and triple h is like oh don't worry i brought gear for you you can go you can go to the locker room and go pick it up. Oh and my yeah, god! 
it's literally Triple H's wrestling gear, and he has, and he, and Michael Cole has to like try to do the Triple H entrance where he like drinks the water and he does the spit take, but he obviously looks like a dork. Yeah, doing it. Hey, he tries. All right, he tries, and so yeah. they, he he wrestles, and they get Zack Ryder in there, who's who's like the popular uh, mid card wrestler because of his internet show. Yeah, he's kind of there to get him on the show and get the get the you know he's there for the easy one. Yeah, you know, he's a meme lord and they bring mm-hmm. so they bring him in for the meme match, you know. Um um and and you know immediately like immediately downs uh Cole in like one move and yep. pins him and Cole's just like wrecked. Um it was like in the moment like in a vacuum that would feel like dumb and weird and pointless, but they they write it well enough that it it all kind of like yeah. blends together. It's kind of fun, you know, it's yeah. still... Um and then we also have like 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 we said he sets up for the for the Mysterio Cena match which like because of everything's happened up till now we immediately understand the stakes of yeah and just that little moment they gave him back again the subtlety they don't they're not overselling anything just that little moment they gave the two of them backstage together you're like oh oh my god that's that's wild um it just it feels really affecting mm-hmm. um. To, to immediately know like okay this is like there's like emotional stakes in this there's not a whole lot of like political stakes like you know uh, as far as triple h makes it sound like Cena's just flatly reinstated um but like there's some emotional stakes to this because you know a really right likable wrestler finally got his due and now you know we has to go up against like you know their ordained superstar yep and then I guess the last thing from the Triple H thing is the R Truth bit, where, <laughs> which was, also uh, which was great. very funny. Is R Truth is is as I've said, it is a, I've said before, it's a little sad that like his his time as a serious like actual main event guy is was very swift and is quickly on its downturn. But it helps that he's very fun. That when he transitioned this character into being more comedic than his whole like this is a conspiracy against me into being more comedic than it is like a serious heel motivation, it still works because our truth is very funny. Which I, I I just want to quickly say I appreciate how much like when when the 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 the, the performers in this company can take things like that in stride like we saw that with our mm-hmm. truth tonight we saw that with um we saw that with uh Michael Cole tonight of like they you know instead of instead of you know being all upset that like their characters are being made fools of or something mm-hmm. they they really play into it and it makes for something that's a lot of fun and I I respect people that like don't mind being funny characters on this show because i imagine there's a temptation to to really want to be one of the like super serious you know important characters but like Mm -hmm. dang the people who take in stride when they're like made clowns it's 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 really fun and it makes me enjoy our truth so much more as a character than i'm sure i would like in his serious face yeah i don't uh yeah like our truth is still actively wrestling because he's been able to like be willing to do comedy stuff and kind of be this fun, fun, relatively unimportant character, but still like a bit, a bit player, but still like a known bit player because he's willing to have fun with it. Yeah. A comedy character and that he's been doing that for 10 years. And yeah, no. And, and he does it, he does it really well and he pulls it off really well. And it, and it, just, it doesn't, it, the bit doesn't really ever grade on me. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is him kind of going off and it's really, no, yeah, he, he 
he's going off on his usual like this is every every year this is a conspiracy and triple h is the man who's a part of it and 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 triple h kind of like messes with him because our truth is still in this phase of um like talking to invisible children and this is also a thing i've noticed is watching like the transition of the concept of the of a little jimmy little jimmy when he was is comes from when he was feuding with john cena and that was like the hypothetical cena fan like like all of his fans are little jimmies like little children and he transitions that into being like a literal imaginary friend yeah <laughs> and this is a big point of that is he's literally like talking to air and pretending that he's talking to people and triple h mocks him about it and then our truth is like what are you what are you talking about there's no people there and Triple H just goes, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. That makes someone look Nobody really there. crazy if they did that, right? And then R-Truth would turn to the side and be like, yeah, it would be really crazy, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, that bit was so good. Yeah. Everything about that whole uh, state of the WWE address freaking ruled. Yeah, and then and then it and then it ends with uh Triple H announcing the return of someone who's back from injury, John Morrison, who has been a regular on this show from his Lucha Underground days as Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo, and that may, and he comes in and and just completely clowns on our truth, which was great to see. Like like you know, not even because I don't like our truth, you know, he's he's fun and I enjoy him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just. It's always good to see Johnny Mundo in the ring. Man. Oh no, yeah, no. John John Morrison is a delight. This this freaking parkour expert. Yeah, no. Being like, what if I made that as a wrestler? <laughs> yeah, he was so good. Um, ama- amazing, amazing stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and what else? What else? What else? Um, uh, that is it for the state of the WWE. If you yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. to the main event now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um. So then we do go to cena versus um cena versus mysterio as the as the main event of the night yeah and that was a really good match it was Uh, it was a phenomenal match um i mean i mean you know a because both cena and mysterio are both really talented and the mm -hmm. fun of bringing mysterio into any match is he's got a he's got such a distinctive like fighting style that it helps kind of both him and his opponent stand out because like his opponent just looks better for being in the ring with him and being able to square up with him and for looking different than him. Oh yeah. Um, John, John Cena looked amazing tonight. Uh, he, yeah, he, he got to kind of show off as kind of like a power, like as a powerhouse in a way that he doesn't always get to show off because WWE likes to paint him as the ultimate good guy and thus a ba- and thus an underdog mm-hmm. that doesn't always work for John Cena because like, look at him, <laughs> but because he's, facing another good guy in Rey Mysterio and Rey, someone who's much smaller than him. He kind of just gets to throw some Mysterio around. Yeah. But, but the thing that I really appreciate here is they carry over a little bit of his baggage from the, from the punk feud. Um, because, you know, a, they set this up brilliantly from, you know, the little moment they share together in the locker room, uh, or, you know, backstage during, during, um, um, uh, Mysterio's post-victory promo and the fact that it's like a, a face versus face match and that like, you know, there there is no like animosity between these two. These are two guys who are decently friendly who are fighting because the boss told them to fight. 
and, and they both want to be champions. They no, both and they no both want to be champions. Nothing personal, no disrespect. Yeah, it's a career move for Cena because he needs to get back on top after his like disgracing. Um, and it's for Mysterio. It's a point of dignity of like I finally got, I finally earned my way here. I want to keep that. Um, and throughout the match, like there's this kind of sense about it where like you know Mysterio is obviously driven. And he's going hard and he's fighting, and Cena's going hard too. Like they're both going at it. Um, but it has this air of like. From Cena, it has this air of like obligation to it, of he takes no joy in doing this to Rey Mysterio. Mm -hmm. Um, he know he has to, he know he has to put him away, and he knows that like that it it's the best for him if he puts up as good a match as possible and wins, which he does. Um, he you know a, after a long arduous battle of amazing back and forth between the two of them. Um, where they both pinfall each other a whole lot, and at one point Cena looks like he's close to tapping out. Um, after uh, Ray puts him in a really good, um, a really good S. Was that that's, that's the STF? Yeah, yes. Ray puts him in a really good STF. Um, and Cena looks like he's getting the upper hand, and then uh, uh, um, Mysterio looks like he's getting the upper hand, and it's great back and forth. And Cena eventually does like drop, uh, drop him with an attitude adjustment um, to to win the day. Um, but even after that. There's no like abject joy on Cena's face. He's he's just he he doesn't it, he doesn't look proud of what he's done, and you know he takes the belt and he celebrates a tiny bit with a, with a lot of humility, uh, and then goes over to you know pump up to to, to pump up Mysterio, make sure he's okay, and then you know hold his hand up too, like you know my worthy opponent who deserves this just as much as I do. Um, and it was kind of cool after you know the whole thing about. Half the crowd doesn't like Cena because they they interpret him as like the super arrogant ass, and sometimes rightfully so. It was cool to see here, even in victory, John Cena ate a huge piece of humble pie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I want to say is that you know it's it 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 is sometimes hard in it to fully get into matches because I already know the outcome, and mm -hmm. like the, I I was like as always like this happens every episode because it's as a result of you know I'm the one who plans these, and even then even if I've never seen this episode, I knew what was going to happen. I knew mm -hmm. that Ray was going to win. He was going to be champion for about an hour, and then Cena was going to beat him. Yeah. Um, and I, despite that, I think both of the championship matches got got me hooked into it and, mm. and on the drama, despite the fact that, again, I knew what was going to happen. This, there was nothing. It was a sad inevitability. Yeah. Poor Rey Mysterio, the second shortest reigning champion of all time. One of only two men to have been champion, WWE champion for less than a day. The other being Andre the Giant when he gave Ooh. the belt up for to, to, to try to give it's it to DiBiase. We've seen on this show. But yeah, and you know, as I mentioned, when we were watching this is kind of held up as one of like the one of the biggest like in character dick moves that Cena's has ever done, which was like wrestle Rey Mysterio for the title the night he won it. Yeah. But to be fair to that is that I think that the, some of that is that kind of a not quite remembering how it plays out that way and just remembering that Cena beat Rey Mysterio the same night. Yeah. Because Cena does not change. I, I assumed that Cena was going to be the one who, like, initiates this issue. And he doesn't. That would mm -hmm. be tri Triple H does that. So I, I guess I'll let Cena off the hook for that one. There, I got plenty of other kayfabe examples if I want to. I, yeah, seriously. I'll let it go. Um, but yeah, so Cena's champion, except. Except. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is the cool part. And, and 
so much kudos to Cena here for his for his for his really good acting. Like I felt like his his kind of little bit of shame here, um, mm-hmm. because you know he kind of standing in the ring and he's still standing there and this music's going off and he's just kind of like, what's going on? We got Cult of Personality by Living Color. Yup, and then sure enough, out pops CM Punk. He is back and and uh, during this the is, belt, he's and it's it's a uh, it's a very cool moment. Is they both got their belts and they both they are clearly challenging each other. Um, though this is a bit of a this is a, a bit of a point of contention for a lot of people. It's kind of like the moment where this story stops like hitting on all cylinders. In that most people look at CM Punk coming back after only two weeks as being a mistake that they should have stretched that out a lot more. They, they like they could have done a lot more with that storyline and they just didn't. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be cool to give like punk more vacation pay and shit. Uh, well earned. And then yeah, you know, like have them come back for a big, like final, like twist showdown. Yeah. I, um, I, I might talk more about like when I think he should have come back next time. Mm-hmm. Because that was as we're wrapping up this little, uh, arc in our podcast, but you know, people frequently talk about how like it would have been like insane and really cool if like, because punk still had relationships with companies like ring of honor, where he used to work with before or new Japan pro wrestling, uh, you know, companies that he named, dropped in the pipe bomb if he had actually like went to those shows with the wwe championship in tow Mm -hmm. would have been absolutely insane and it and for a lot of people that's a bit of a missed opportunity that like he comes back after only two weeks and it's technically eight days technically if we want to do this by day yeah and all that really happens is he like shows up unannounced to like a comic con with the belt it's kind of like the only major thing he does while Mm -hmm. as champion while technically not with the company yeah because uh because obviously out of story he signed a contract the day of money in the bank yeah so he's always been under contract with wwe as champion but you know storyline wise he wasn't and they did not really do anything with that yeah and I can and I can see that. Um and, and I can definitely see that, you know, long term being a being a bother. Um because mm-hmm. I you know uh for as this is clearly, you know, for as much as I've been praising the writing, this is them, you know, getting a little too excited, playing their hand a little too early, and it's definitely gonna like create some like, you know, a, a little too much denouement down the line. Mm-hmm. Um but that being said, I will give the ending of I will give the ending of the episode this. Um it's kind of like you know if, if we're hitting a downward uh, downward slope from here, kind of one last final stroke of abject brilliance in what they did, of you know you 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 kind of sit there and you're like, damn, it's heartbreaking to see Mysterio like lose this so quickly. Yeah. Um. And you know Cena's not proud of it, but Cena Cena did what Cena had to do, and then Punk comes out. And the final image of the match is them staring each other down, both holding their belts up. Punk, you know, with that shit-eating grin like always. Um, And, you know, the entire time, Cena just looks defeated as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, like, first of all, he did, you know, he did something that, like, he, you know, doesn't take any joy in. And then 
oh my god, Punk comes back. And it kind of gives you this immediate realization of, of course, it couldn't have been anyone but Cena to keep that belt. Um, mm-hmm. Because ultimately, this is a story between between them, the kind of uh, the kind of dark reflections of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if in this kind of final stroke, they give this great like this great clarity to, you know, it's des- like, like if, if it were Mysterio facing down Punk, it wouldn't have as much of an effect. No, nah, it would not. It would get the same as yeah, Cena that, and Punk. One hitting that time. final image of them like staring each other down and punk it almost felt as though punk was like waiting for this moment um mm-hmm. to to like it, it almost feels like part of his like grandmaster plan just to like show everybody up in his like egomaniacal quest for whatever um it's this it's this really affecting image visually and emotionally because cena plays it so well and i i will give i will give the early the early reinstatement of punk that in that in that moment it felt really really cool yeah i agree <laughs> which like, yeah short term versus long term but yep absolutely mm. so that kind of covers a lot of that covers most of the big stuff that covers the big stuff on this episode mm-hmm. um from there i guess we can just kind of go down through the matches there wasn't really anything else to go, um, to go yeah that. no not not any other big things it's just all the rest of the matches and you know a couple of promos to probably briefly touch on here and there but like yeah. all, all all the rest of the matches again were good so you know we start off with with uh mysterio versus versus miz mysterio wins um and then after that did we go into divas after that now ziggler and born is next ziggler ziggler and born is next we talked about that that was fine um yeah you know, uh, ziggler won ziggler won he's the u.s champion still Ziggler won. Um, probably the, the biggest highlight of that was me being like, "Damn, I don't know who to root for here because Born is Born is bo- boring and Ziggler's Ziggler just fucking sucks." Yeah, um, yeah. I I I brought I talked about that uh, when we were watching. I'd never like Evan Bourne's always been athletically gifted, but I've never I've not I did not find him compelling to watch as a character until he became a stoner hippie after he left WWE. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and now, uh, but but I mean, at the very least, I'll give I'll I'll, I'll give the that the Ziggler win is probably the the outcome I enjoy more because born is boring. And also because that means more shenanigans with Vicky. <laughs> yeah. Make, making the U S champion look strong. Can't, I can't really complain about that. Yeah. You know, uh, Miz over celebrates it by a fucking mile or, uh, Ziggler. Ziggler. Ziggler oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude goes mile. absolutely wild. And he, he goes, follow that. And like, as much as I have, I have, I have my own issues with his, like, show stealing the show kind of a character but mm-hmm. it is just kind of funny that he did he says this for a match that lasts like three minutes yeah way after we had ray mysterio versus the miss i'll give the writers benefit of the doubt that like it was intentional that he was like overselling it mm-hmm. um because he's just an asshole um yeah yeah no so so we had that and that that happened and then and then um, oh my god the the key the divas thing backstage then like, oh was, oh, was that Fuck. Yeah, it was because then because then it happened like, before the match. Twins here? I um, agree. Oh my god, I hate it. <laughs> so it was the Bella twins, and was it was it Kelly or was it Eve? It was Eve. Eve. Okay. Yeah, and they're just like jaw jacking backstage. Eve's complaining about the twin magic nonsense mm. that the Bellas do. It's like I appreciate that they actually called that out. 
yeah, just as a reminder, if you've if you've not watched us talk about this era before, is the whole thing is that Nikki and Brie are twins, and so sometimes they will just switch places in the middle of the match to help them win matches. Yeah. And so he's like, that that's bullshit. We all see you do it all the time. And they're like, what? No, we don't do that. All the nah. time. <laughs> and then the freaking Keystone Light guy shows up. I, I've i never explained him before because I kind of didn't think I'd have to. Um, he, <laughs> yeah. he appeared on the Capital Punishment pay-per-view. He is legitimately like the, the like if you were watching Keystone Light ads in 2011, God help you. But if you were, <laughs> this is the like the spokesman mascot kind of a guy. Yeah. And you know, WWE is currently sponsored by Keystone Light. And so he has like this is his second appearance that I know of in a segment with Divas. He just shows up. Why was he there? I don't know, but he's just there and he like tries to settle the dispute by like drawing with Sharpie on one of the Bella's arms. And then they do a whole gag that like they cut away and five seconds later, it's a whole tattoo. It's like a whole tattoo sleeve. Yeah. Which like, I don't, I don't understand. Cause like, are they implying those markers are like tattoo markers? Is that permanent? Or because Not- I, I, cause I thought like, you know, if they're markers, like, okay, the bells are going to go out there and like the, the, they, sh- they can't watch it, wash it off in between. But like, well, <laughs> But what? No, it was it's so dumb and it didn't mean anything because the Bellas weren't wrestling this week. Yeah, it made no sense. And like literally like in the in the like world, it made no sense. It's one of those like times WWE just like abandons all sense of reality and does something like super like super like like cartoonish just because. Um it's this dumb non sequitur that me that is not important ever again. Also, all three of those women looked way too attracted to that dude for like Oh yeah, Jesus. They all seem real charmed by this dude. It looks like a, <laughs> looks like if you took uh, the actor for My Name Is Earl and you shrunk him and you shrink wrapped him a little bit, kind of. And he was like, like clearly that. a little skeezy too. Like, yeah, why no, are he, they into this? Yeah, it's it's so is it weird. It was bizarre. Um, I I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's an appealing to the demographics thing. I don't know. I, I don't uh, know. I'm uh, not part of the demographic that likes Keystone Light, so I guess <laughs> I guess it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's a thing that happens, and it was goofy and cartoony, but we got a good laugh out of it. Just the randomness of it all—it was so fucking like it was out of left field, and I, I can appreciate it for that at least. Absolutely, and but then it does lead into a divas match, but again, not with the Bellas. It's with Kelly, Kelly, and Eve yeah. wrestling uh, Melina and Maurice, who I I don't believe we've seen Maurice before, but her thing is she's French and hot and bitchy. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Damn, what a what a step up. Hey, that is a three-dimensional character. There are exactly three dimensions to her. <laughs> Melina is 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 the same hot and bitchy Sarah. Uh, right? Austin, Austin and I are, are are over here like like we want three-dimensional divas and the monkey paw curls down. Like, oh yeah, there's three dimensions. French yep. hot bitchy. It's like yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, as we said, this is actually kind of above average in terms of like being interesting to watch, especially because like I think it's because Eve, who is pretty athletic herself, is like the anchor of this match. Yeah. She really brings up the whole she really brings the whole thing up a notch. Like yeah. without her, it probably would have been really bad. But like nah. her segments were great. 
Yeah, and so, but other than that, it's just like it's it's what it's kind of what you expect. It's not. She, she does do a fun thing where she like twerks over one of her. That feels very and, topical to twenty eleven. I tell you, I tell you. Yeah, what. yeah. She like twerks over them and then like uses that to transition to a move. And I'm like, you know what? That's neat. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That was that cute. I, I I will give it. I will give it that. But other than that, you know, it was a bearable divas match. Honestly, that's such a step up from most of what we've seen. I'll give it to him. I'll take it. We're so close to being done with that. Yeah, I ain't one. looking to gift horse in the mouth here. Let's just let's just let's just take it. Not think about it. Move on. Move on. Okay. So then Zack Ryder beat Michael Cole. We talked about it. Then Alberto yeah. Del Rio had a rematch with a Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston. And this was this was another like nail biter too, because I love me some Kofi and Del Rio is such a fucking schmuck. Um mm-hmm. such a cocky little schmuck too. Like like his constant like L's just do not seem to be phasing him. He's just so happy to be here and so happy to have that money in the bank thing. Um, like doesn't matter. Mr. Money in the bank, future trades, future champion, don't matter. <laughs> yeah. And clearly he's He's been really affected by like the fact that he's been losing a lot so far because he just he goes ham from the get go. Um, he he, he, he Michael Cole like says it in a lot in, in this episode. Michael Cole's been giving for the most part way too much credit to the heels, but like he was kind of dead on here when he said like Del Rio was like really determined for this one, mm-hmm. uh, especially as a rematch against Kofi. Yeah, because Kofi will beat him last week as part of the championship tournament I mentioned in the first half, mm-hmm. and then like this time Del Rio does get the win back, and you know he does. It's pretty solid affair overall. It was. I mean, it 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 sucks because I always want to see Kofi win. But I was kind of thinking like it's about time they give El Rio a dub. Like they're just making him look like a fucking idiot. And especially yeah. for like rematching Kofi, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him to rematch Kofi and yeah. still lose. Yeah, it would, it would not make sense for him to go zero and two on Kofi. And you know, yeah. I talked about this when we were watching. Is like a, a problem with Money in the Bank is that WWE gets it in their heads that like either because they're going to win the championship, it doesn't matter if they win in the before if they win matches before they win the title or as it helps build an element of surprise if they don't get too if they don't get too hot of a winning streak or whatever. But like Money in the Banks have a historical problem of kind of being mediocre at best, if not just outright losing records all the time yeah. while they have the briefcase. And yeah. so that's why I thought you know maybe Kofi will go to win again just yeah. because you know that's the way that's that's the way that philosophy works. And I don't I don't agree with it at all because I think that it just makes. It just makes the inevitable championship win look weaker because this is a guy who's just been losing le- left, right, and center beforehand. Yeah, no. Like when you're all, when the money in the bank is already designed that you're going to win in a really underhanded and cheap fashion, don't make it worse by then also just making them losers before they do it. Especially because like we have now seen El- Del Rio have two failed attempts at a cash in. Yeah, and that's um, not uncommon. But then it's also like, well, if you're gonna have him keep failing to do it, at least have him win his matches. Yeah, exactly. Um, which like uh, it's it's like Del Rio at this point is very much being played as another comedy fighter. So having him as like the um the money in the bank holder is kind of this tricky balancing act of like keeping that up while still like you know maintaining a character that could you know underhandedly get the title by doing this or you know at least has potential to um but i think what's interesting for me like this is a great this is one of those things that's a great case study and like you know again I, i've been really praising the writing on this one but like damn there, there are some times where like the wwe could do some really interesting things with how they decide to like you know uh, how much they decide to kind of like give narrative credence to somebody's like winning record. Um, mm-hmm. 
that could add a whole lot of extra dimensions to like what they um how how they set up fights and like and and, and the stakes behind them um like here if he had lost to kofi again that could have that you know it, it going back you know it had had the storyline you know not played out already in a different way like that could have led to a cool thing maybe where like it, it now creates this super beef between like kofi and uh del rio uh that like you know kofi feels like he's the rightful heir to the money in the bank or whatever so it, and it could it could it could be a great could have led to a match where kofi fights del rio for the briefcase yeah uh, not, having to the, defend the briefcase is not in yeah it's not an uncommon story and, and in the during the summer of punk i can understand them not going more intricate but it is it is one of those things i look at and i think like damn i really wish sometimes they would go like really intricate with like the ways they decide to play up like the fighting company aspect of this because like you know i i'll ask austin sometimes like how to make sense of like the tournament and championship structure in you know a wwe season and it there kind of isn't a way to do it it's just like you know they they, get, they punch each other and sometimes it's for titles sometimes it's just for entertainment value whatever mm. um I sometimes really, really wish that they would they would take some time to really lean to focusing on everybody's like winning streak performance and like the stakes that could come from that and like the ramifications of of um, if somebody keeps losing despite being in a, a apparent position of like power and privilege or vice versa. Um, it, it like like it's not something that like we can super harp on because it's so hypothetical. But this is one of those things I think about of like man, I'd really love to see them play up this aspect more because they could do a lot of interesting stuff with it. And again, forgivable yeah. they weren't like going out on that during Summer of Punk, but like at some point, I wish I could see more of that. Yeah, I, th I think that WWE tries to, you know, I think that their personal writing philosophy is to make it more about being a, 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 dra a, a drama piece in a sense of like everything has to be like a personal stake to it of some sort. Like it but can't, like there's not enough, like there's not really any explicit, like this person is a fight like the fact that they are all in story supposed to be like professional fighters in a professional fighting league isn't something that WWE values as a story tool yeah. and that disappoints me because i think you could use that well well yeah not, we about and then, Lucha underground that it works yeah. well like that and like i'm not and you don't have to like and it doesn't have to be a binary situation you can't you don't have to like get sacrifice like your soap opera and your like theatrical drama to also at to, to to talk about um you know just to like do stuff that's related to oh yeah these guys are like pro fighters that's they want to win matches because they want to make more money and be champion mm -hmm. that makes them more money. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have, it doesn't have to be a situation where you're just like a super serious, like ever, like everyone's in it to win it. Like some kind of like UFC S kind of narrative structure where it's about where like you, there is personal grudges, but at the end of the day, it's about like winning fights to make money. And then having this, like, as opposed to having this, like, so this, like, drama this con this like not this like drama piece where everything is a personal grudge like you don't have to it doesn't have to be either or you can do both oh i agree and and i think again summer of punk is, is a, an exempt is exemplary of that 
um, because they they obviously not to the same extent, but they do like the business aspect of the company is what drives it. And it runs in tandem with like that personal drama sort of thing. And on top of that, like my thinking about that in the back of my head added a little more to the Kofi, uh, the Kofi Del Rio fight for me, um, because like, you know, Del Rio is a good enough fighter and Kofi's a really good fighter. Um, uh, I God, I will never get enough of Kofi, um, but kind of in the back of my mind going like, dang, what does that say about Del Rio if he loses again? But also like, you know, Kofi's going hard here and he could lose he could win again and what'll that like you know what'll that entail for him or you know what does it say about kofi if he lets like del rio clown on him despite del rio just being an utter buffoon recently like there's there it added this extra just thinking about that like on my own add an extra dimension to it that i think sometimes could serve to give more tangible stakes to the, to the fights that even technically are like kind of fluff that we fluff and filler that we complain about all the time yeah, like, like you could you could have added more to like Ziggler and Bourne was probably too short to be like mm-hmm. worth worth putting more into, but you still could have like you could yeah. have, like you could have explicitly put some stakes to it. Like it is an overused trope in wrestling anyway that to have a non champion beat a champion and that be justification to have a championship match, but you still could have made that explicit of like. You know, Evan Bourne's getting a shot against a champion, the U.S. champion. Like, what if he wins? If he wins, what if he wins? He should be a he should get a chance to win the championship. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's just just some just some food for thought, I guess. And mm-hmm. I hope I can see that angle at some point in the future because I, I don't know. It's it's just something fun to think about of like of like what could be these still these still as yet to be unexplored potential in this you know decades old company. Yeah, and yeah, and I, I guess as we're kind of rat- winding down here, because I don't, oh, you know, there is the Miz. Oh, there's there's the Miz promo. I mean, we just get Miz like being interviewed about like his loss against uh against Mysterio, and he's just mad. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I, there wasn't a whole lot to say other than like I. You know what? I felt legitimately a little intimidated by Miz there. I think the Miz is a is a is a really good at be at playing angry. Yeah. Like, and like when he when he's like going hard at it, he you can kind of feel that in a way that even if he doesn't necessarily always come off as the most like threatening individual. Mm-hmm. When when he's given a chance to like to kind of like just monologue for a second and get really mm-hmm. mad, I was like I was like, dang, he's. I mean, it, it kind of kept in the back of my mind of like, oh, he could be a lingering threat if he's like this worked up about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, so I, I appreciate it for that. Again, th- this, l- like I said, this episode, um, consistently entertaining across the board and really did a good job at not overstating anything while still giving us a whole lot of like, whole lot of little things to think about, um, that we can kind of like keep in the back of our minds as how are these small things here and they're going to pay off or, Mm-hmm. how are things that have you know been set up up till now paying off and you know how do we feel about them because i felt like emotionally affecting things in this episode and i felt tantalized as to like still some of what's being set up there's the the, the subtlety here was great the writing was really like strong meticulous competent um the performances were all really good and the fights were all entertaining even the worst ones weren't that bad 
Yeah, I, I can't say I can ask for a whole lot more in what is a you know a weekly episode of Raw. I yeah. think it was a pretty solid outing overall. And Probably on average, if we're looking at like all Raw episodes, all weekly episodes on you know as an aggregate, probably a little above average for for its like consistent goodness. Yeah, I would absolutely say that. <laughs> yeah, no, really, really enjoyable. I just I and I, I and, once yeah. again want to commend the writers of the era for. The intelligence they brought to the table and what they did good job yeah, guys you know, yeah uh 2011 and kind of the pg era as a whole is kind of not always seen as a great time in wwe and definitely the before and after this i get it but i, I feel I, yeah. it, just, it just kind of feels like right now in summer of 2011 they're hit they're they're kind of hitting on well and, and, and summer they need to hit. rightfully so because of that mm has gone down in history is a really exceptional point in time. So like, you know, at least it's gotten its due for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. As far as I can tell, at least mm-hmm. this, definitely this era of time is wealth is well looked back on. Yeah. And, and, and for good reason. And it's been, it's been really cool to explore and I can't believe we only have one more episode left of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. WWE sometimes like their summer summer eras is just they just hit hit different. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know why. I don't know why they some that happens, but it just kind of does sometimes. There's, I I, there's a few different years I could give you as an example of that. Yeah. No. Uh. Maybe it's maybe like you know, that's all. All, all their writers are like, I don't know, mages that derive their strength from the power of the sun or something. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. Well, next time we're going to, I guess, prove the opposite effect of, the, of, yeah. of proof. This isn't an effect because we return to the new generation. New generation. Oh, David, 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 David. I guess, I guess it's finally time to talk about um, why I picked this time. And oh, we're finally sadly, here. You know, sadly, you already know, but I'm going to save it for next time. I, we're going to have stuff to talk about. I'll say that. I'm going to have st- thoughts. Uh. That I have been saving for months. Yeah. And I, I guess we're probably going to have a good match too. One, two, three, kid, the Bren Bret Hart. That, that'll be nice. That'll be good. But uh, I have thoughts and I'm very ready to share them, but that's for next time. I just know something bad is going to go down and I'm going to be strung along for it and I'll have some sort of epiphany of like Jesus Christ. Why? Yep. <laughs> Epiphany of awfulness. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yep. But first, David, hit the plugs. Yes, sir. Alrighty, my friends, my dear, dear friends, my uh, my 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 fellow wrestleheads, if you will, noobs and knockouts alike. Thank you so much for joining us for another fantastic episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Um, if you are a returning viewer, welcome back. We are so happy to have you, or listener rather. Uh, if you have, or if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are delighted to have you join us. If you would like to continue to join us and you're not entirely sure of how to do so, I'm going to tell you right now. First of all, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Hit that bell. Hit subscribe. Get notified. Leave comments and likes and whatever have you. Add us to your to your playlist. However, however you want to do it, we're 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 here for it. Um, you can also find us on Spotify, on Apple, and on Google. Three of the best places to get your podcasts. Um, leave us leave us ratings and all that good stuff. You know, follow us and tell us what you think of the episodes. You know, we love we love that 
that that sweet sweet engagement it boosts our uh, boosts our metrics a little bit you know it's just, it's just cool to like get feedback on the stuff we do because this is a whole whole big investment for us if you'd like to follow us on social media you can find us on twitter at noobs and knots pod that's noobs the letter n knots pod um we post about our episodes every week uh, whenever they go up austin does a uh, weekly live tweeting of of wrestling shows um at time of recording he's facing down uh, a uh, the same crucible that we uh that we mentioned in the last episode due to uh due to this these two episodes being recorded in the same weekend um so so look forward to the wrestlemania lead up from him um uh and you know we like to throw in some like memes every now and again and engage with the, yes. with the broader wrestling yes, fandom community uh you know how, how kind of how you do um you can you can email us at the noob uh, at noobs and knockouts podcast at gmail.com uh um that's the the word and this time uh you know just just say hi tell us what you think of the show um uh let us know th- that that you think our voices are indeed incredibly sexy um you know give 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 recommendations suggestions whatever we just love hearing from people um and finally, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon. $1 a month gives you early access to videos and a shout-out at the end of each episode. Yep, and the live tweet schedule uh, for this week uh, yes. based on when this airs. Uh, this is going to be dropped. This episode drops. Uh, this today is the for will be the f- second night of WrestleMania. Will I be live tweeting that? Depends on what our recording schedule is for, huh. that for next week. Huh. So can't confirm that yet. What I can confirm, the Raw after WrestleMania. I don't usually watch Raw because it's three hours and it's not usually good enough to justify me watching three hours. Mm-hmm. But the Raw after Mania, it's always a super exciting time. You never know what they're going to do. It's the, they, you know, there's a long history of the rest of the Raw after WrestleMania being a super exciting affair, especially because there might be live fans there. We'll oh. see. They're bringing live crowds back for WrestleMania, whether you think that's a good idea or not. But will they extend that to Raw? Can't say. And then, of course, as always, uh, live tweeting thir- Wednesday nights, AEW Dynamite, 8 o'clock. Ooh. Every uh, it's the one wrestling show I follow on a consistent weekly live basis, and so I will so, continue to retweet, uh, live tweet that. Yes, outstanding. Check check mm-hmm. all that out, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Yeah, see ya. Bye bye. Hasta luego. <laughs>